One thing I've been noticing about myself for several months, I think, is that I tend to get the Monday blues. And I may have used that terminology a little while back when I was sharing that I was having a hard day in one of these episodes. Mondays are the day that I record the solo episodes. And then they come out a week afterwards. I record them live in the Beyond Measure private community, which if you haven't heard of it, uh, if you haven't looked into it yet, it is linked in the description of this episode, all the details. And I started doing these live episodes where I can chat with listeners like yourself and also create more community interaction. We've been experimenting with different formats lately. We just... Um, had a really fun chat, did a little exercise or activity, group activity. We do all sorts of things in there. And those are actually really helpful for my mental health. You know, I, I do that to build the sense of community, to connect with people, but I really find them uplifting and they're especially helpful on days like today. And that clarity is actually really helpful for me in this moment because I've been wondering if I should move the recording and live episode days to a different day of the week, given that almost every single Monday I experience depression. And I think I noticed this pattern because of therapy. I think that is really what brought it to awareness. Cause I remember speaking with my therapist about this um, and starting to take note of it. This is one of the huge benefits for me to do therapy is, is just like becoming more aware of the patterns. And I started to find that, well, I was going to say no matter how hard I try, but I don't, I don't know if I want to use that phrasing. I, it just feels a bit out of my control. And now I'm wondering if I'm starting to expect it and it happens because I, I think it, you know, like it's, it's an interesting mindset. Like I felt like I had no control, not a lot of awareness of it for a while. And then now I feel like I'm super aware of it and I'm almost expecting it to happen. And does that cue it? And I don't know, I don't have the answers to it, but it's just been that pattern of almost every Monday for a while now. I experience anxiety. I experience like right now I have a bit of a tightness somewhere in my chest or my stomach. I feel sad. I feel luckily recently I haven't felt a lot of fatigue, but I like physical fatigue, but I, I'll feel like I don't have a lot of motivation. And as I described this to my therapist, he was using the terminology of being depressed. And I'm still exploring that because I, I try to be really careful about words that I use, especially when it comes to mental health, because I think sometimes we can overuse terms like depression or anxiety. And so I almost feel hesitant to, to say it, but sometimes using those terms makes it easy for other people to know what you're going through. So I'm kind of in this gray area with exactly what's happening. Sometimes I feel stressed. Sometimes I feel burnt out, you know, on these days. And it, it's been a bit strange for me because it's been ongoing. That's very frustrating. If it had just happened every once in a while, I think I wouldn't mind so much. 
for a little while I thought it had something to do with my hormones. Maybe it does still to <laughs> be figured out, but uh, sometimes it would just happen, happen to be a Monday when I started my menstrual cycle and, and I always have some rough days at the beginning of that. Um, but now that I can look back on, on the pattern, I see like, oh, it's not necessarily that something's happening in my body. Um, it's not that some big factors happened, like an inciting incident. You know, it just seems to happen even when I have a really great weekend, even when I have a really open Monday, even when I don't have anything major to stress about. It's just there's something about this day of the week. And, and maybe to you that doesn't sound so strange because I think a lot of people experience that. I think it might be that societal thing of, oh, I have to go back to work. I have to go back to school or my family's do shifting and, you know, like something shifts. But for me, it feels strange because as a freelance worker who, who's not in, in school, who has a very flexible schedule, my Sundays are not that different from my Mondays. So it's not like even there's this big contrast aside from culturally, it feels like there's a shift. So that's, that's a possibility is like, I'm sensing other people moving into a different stage of, of their week, maybe like, or maybe something I've, I've been contemplating. Is it that I feel more pressure on a Monday than I do on a Sunday? Like Sunday, I'm quote, allowed to do whatever I want. On Sunday, I'm not expected to work, even though as a freelancer, I could work every single day. Um, the weekends aren't necessarily off limits for work, but I do feel a, a shift in the energy. And it's possible that that's, that's all that it is. I was also reflecting today of like, huh, is there anything I'm missing with my health? <laughs> you know, but I, I don't think that there is. That's a go-to for a lot of people. I've been so focused on my sleep, as I've talked about many times on the show. I have been wearing my Whoop tracking device, which has been really lovely. It's coming up on six months. Of, maybe it is six months now of wearing it. And every morning I wake up and I look at my, my sleep numbers. So this device and, and many similar devices can tell you um, how, how long you slept. And that awareness has helped me really prioritize going to bed uh, earlier. Um, I went through a phase, I think last week of going to bed at like three in the morning which is a pattern of mine too that hasn't been around for a while, but in my life, I'm historically known as someone that will stay up that late. Um, more recently, I've been going to bed between 12 and 1.30 and 1.30 is actually pushing it for me. Thanks to the tracking device, if I go to bed at 1.30, I generally don't get enough sleep because I'll want to wake up between 9.30 and 10, which is also late for a lot of people. For me, it doesn't really matter with my schedule. But uh, anyway, so seeing like how much sleep I'm getting, like how long I've been in bed and then how much actual sleep I get. That's why a tracking device is really helpful. And even though I might be in bed for eight or nine hours, I might only get seven hours of sleep during that time. And then some of it's not restful enough. I don't get enough REM sleep. I don't get enough deep sleep. So I've been really working hard on figuring those out. 
But I don't know if that is currently for me with my sleep habits, if that is impacting my mood. It's possible. I think sleep plays a big role, but I just have a hunch that it's not. And speaking of sleep, I had mentioned my experience with an EEG um, where I had that uh, device on my on my head and the monitor. I recorded an episode about this, I think actually while it was still on my head and uh, I had to wear it for 60 to 72 hours. I just got the results last week and the bittersweet news is that they didn't find any anything, anything abnormal. And it's bittersweet because while I'm grateful that my brain waves are normal. I'm frustrated that I've done so many tests on myself and none of them seem to be <laughs> giving me any data. I also got blood test results. So this is another big thing people think about when you're going through some sort of a um, frustrating, challenging time with your health, including your mental health, you might look at blood work. You might talk to your doctor about factors. And I have done a few rounds of blood work recently to try to get to the bottom of my food sensitivities. And both rounds of recent blood work show that I'm not allergic to anything, any major food groups, all of them that you even suspected I might have a light allergy to, if the term light allergy actually exists, I don't know. But you get like different numbers. There's like ranges in the, in the numbers to tell you if you fall into a, an allergy range. And I don't for anything. But the test also looked at some basic um, blood levels of other other factors, and I was good on all of them. So I'm getting all these results that say, I'm normal, I'm fine. But I've been expressing to my therapist lately that that feels bittersweet to me because I don't always feel fine. So sleep, I'm, I'm experiencing sleepwalking from time to time and haven't been able to get to the bottom of that. Um, I have had positive benefits. I just want to give a quick update too of the factors that have helped are being more mindful about sleep hygiene, which I talked about a few months ago with my guest, Jill. So going to bed on a regular schedule, um, making sure important things like the lighting is right. Like having blackout shades, for example, really helps me. I like to sleep with white noise. I like to make sure the temperature is right. I like to have my weighted blanket and my body pillow, like just being really comfortable. Uh, just really, oh, also for allergies and sleep, sleep benefits, uh, having an air filter on, like I'm doing all of that. I've basically tried every sleep hygiene possible. Uh, but the biggest difference I found is taking melatonin every night, which I discussed in depth with my psychiatrist and she said, no problem. Take it every night. You just have to experiment to see which mil which dosage is going to work best for you. So I, I that's actually been good. I also been taking magnesium. I found a, a good formulation that I'm trying. If you ever want tips, I've tried a number of brands and all sorts of things. And I found that I like taking capsules more than um, uh, like the I was going to say the fizzy type, <laughs> the powder is what I was trying to get at with that fizzes sometimes, depending on the brand, you can drop it in your water and it's almost like Alka-Seltzer or something. Um, I've experimented a ton with that, but I find myself like not always liking the taste 
or the texture, and then I'll avoid taking magnesium, the capsules are just easier. And I found a great one recently. And that's so great with relaxing my muscles. And then my psychiatrist actually encouraged me to do a long self-study, longer, I should say, longer self-study on a specific medication I was prescribed. I talked about, I think a few weeks ago, how I was prescribed two different types of pharmaceutical medication for my sleepwalking. Um, one was from a sleep medicine doctor and the other was from the neurologist. The neurologist is the, the office that did the EEG on me and I've been in contact with them frequently. And in this follow-up appointment for my EEG, they, they really seemed to feel like it was worthwhile for me to take trazodone. And my psychiatrist also agreed. So she encouraged me to do a one-week study on myself of taking it every single night and to just note my symptoms. Trazodone, I believe, can also help with anxiety. I don't know that for sure off the top of my head, but I will double check that. Um, and I also want to pause for a second before I double check that, that um, some of the people that are listening live in the Beyond Measure group are saying that they too struggle with Monday blues. Yeah. I mean, I just think this is common. So it's like sometimes just talking about our struggles as I'm doing right now and others are doing in the chat. It's, it's, it's like, oh, I'm not the only one. So thank you to those that have shared that. And what I'm trying to do is figure it out for myself and, and share this in case any of these things help you. But I think what I'm slowly getting at right now is I'm trying a ton of things and nothing seems to be helping. That doesn't make me feel helpless or hopeless or helpless, but it is a bit frustrating, I have to say, especially with taking medication, which I don't really want to take. <laughs> um, I would prefer not to take any, any medication, but let me look up trazodone real quick so I don't misrepresent it. Um, let's see here. So, okay. It's actually used to treat depression. So I thought it was, oh yes. Okay. So it can help improve your mood, apparently your appetite, your energy level, and it can decrease anxiety, insomnia. Um, and it's restoring the balance of a certain chemical serotonin in the brain. That was from a quick Google search. And those details I think came from WebMMD. WebMMD? WebMD. <laughs> so please don't take any of this as fact. I am not a medical professional. I am sharing what I'm learning. Um, and, and I got the go ahead from both my neurologist and my psychiatrist. But as with any medication, not a recommendation from me, not a suggestion, and something I think is important to, to really tread lightly around. But it's interesting because I was prescribed trazodone for sleep, and I'm discovering and re being reminded essentially that it can help with depression anxiety, and yet I haven't found those benefits yet. I, I don't know if you have to take it for a certain period of time before you see that impact, if any. It's also possible because I'm taking it at night, right before I fall asleep as directed. So maybe it wears off <laughs> before, like by the time I wake up. 
don't know any of these details right off the top of my head. So maybe it helps with making me feel less depressed and anxious while I'm sleeping. And it seems like that might be causing some of my sleep episodes. So it would make sense to have that, but is it going to help me during the day? Uh, probably not so much. I, I think the other reason it's been given to me to take at night is that it can cause drowsiness. So again, don't know all this off the top of my head, but it, I feel, oh yeah, it has um, sedative properties, sedative or sedative. Um, it can help you feel sleepy. And I don't know if this is in my head, but every night that I take it, I feel like I get tired so fast and fall asleep fast and stay asleep. And luckily I haven't experienced drowsiness or fatigue as a side effect. That's the trouble with some medication that, you know, you're taking it for one thing and then you have other side effects and it can kind of throw you off. But I just started taking trazodone recently, just um, in the past maybe five nights I've, I've taken it. Um, I'm going to try a few more because I haven't had side effects and because um, it doesn't seem to be hurting my sleep. I might go on a little bit longer just so I can have enough data, which is essentially what my psychiatrist said is, you know, with certain things, when you talk to a doctor and you get the permission from them, uh, you can work together to do your own study because, you know, the doctor's not there with you all the time. It's it as as patients, we can benefit from trying things out and journaling about them. And that was also something my psychologist recommended, which is to keep track of the days of the week and the times of day where I was feeling these blues that I've been describing and that's where I realized that they were happening most frequently on Mondays. And maybe now I need to just put in a concerted effort to see like, huh, what is happening? Like, what is it? Is there anything that I can, can correlate? Is there something I can do to shift it? Or another thing my psychologist has essentially shared with me is that if you can't control something, if it's going to happen and nothing seems to work, you can plan for it at least. And that's what I started doing. I think like last week, maybe it's been, I don't know if it's been a week or two, but I started blocking off Mondays for the blues. <laughs> that's what it says on my calendar. It says like block for Monday blues. So I actually don't schedule anything now on Mondays aside from this podcast. And I've been trying to take more note of how I feel doing this podcast. And like I said, from the very beginning, connecting with the members in Beyond Measure, feeling that benefit of the community, talking with people getting out of my own head essentially is really, really helpful. But now I also have to know how do I feel after the recording? And that's equally as important. How do I feel when I leave the beyond measure group? Sometimes I can have like this come down effect where I'm kind of focused on something. And then when it's over, I either feel the absence of it or I feel exhausted from it. And that's really, really tricky for someone like me, whether that's a neurodivergent thing or not, like 
any sort of talking and socializing, recording, all of this takes a lot of energy and it zaps me. So I'm expecting that when I'm done, I'll probably just want to lie around on the bed or couch. And that in itself kind of depresses me. This is like where the cycle builds. And I've noticed other people describing this too. So I want to talk really openly about this, that in my head, I also know some of the depression that I feel is like um, a chicken or the egg scenario, I think, where I'm feeling a bit low, low mood. And so I don't have a lot of motivation. I don't have a lot of mental, emotional energy. So I don't want to do a lot. But when I don't do a lot, I feel frustrated or disappointed because I'm not getting things done. And that could be not checking something off my personal or professional to-do list, you know, like uh, not cleaning the, cleaning the home can be really challenging when you're going through a challenging um, mental health day or period of time doing the dishes, you know, all these things a lot of people struggle with. And then you also know that if you did the dishes, if you cleaned your home, you you might feel better, but you don't even have the motivation to do it in the first place. And that is that chicken and the egg. It's like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I get the motivation to do something that's going to make me feel better, essentially? And that I find extremely tricky. It sounds very logical in theory. Like just push yourself, just do it. You know, a lot of advice out there is oversimplifying this. Fortunately, my therapist doesn't oversimplify. And so I, to bring in some of the things he shared with me is, it seems like, <laughs> it's kind of, I'm laughing kind of because it's one of the huge benefits of working with a therapist is, and, and even a coach, I learned some of these things as a well-being coach, that as individuals, we can get so in our heads and it can feel like everything is at stake and like everything feels so hard. And it's just like we're in it. And when we talk to someone, a professional, somebody who's trained, whether they're a health and wellness coach or a therapist that is really working well for you, they can reflect back from the outside, you know, and they can do that with so much compassion and love. And my therapist does a beautiful job with this. And one thing sometimes I pick up from him without him even having to say it is that I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think many of us do. I, I think sadly, it's so common for us to feel stressed and not good enough and burnt out and like the whole world's on our shoulder. And if we just stop to rest, everything's going to fall apart. And that's a lot of what I've been feeling lately. That's, that's why these Monday blues feel so tough. I'm like, oh, do I have to feel this way today? Like Mondays, I want to have momentum. It feels like a fresh start to the week. People are coming back from, from their weekend breaks and it's like go time. But if I don't have the energy and the motivation to go, I feel like I'm getting behind and that makes me feel even worse. 
So it's just like adding to it, but it's such a push for me when I feel this way to do, to accomplish anything, even like getting a few small things done. I'm like, I feel like I expelled all of my energy, you know, today, the podcast, this is a lot of energy for me to do, to put out and accomplish. I, I had a little list of other things. I did a bunch of things today and it still doesn't feel like enough. And I haven't even gotten to the major thing I wanted to do today that's time sensitive because I haven't wanted to. I'm procrastinating it. But now I have anxiety because of how much I procrastinate. You know, it's like, it's just rough. And and sometimes it is just forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do. It doesn't feel good. But that's probably what I'm going to have to do today because I have a time sensitive thing. And I don't want to do it. I don't have to do it per se because I have a lot of agency in my life, which I'm grateful for. There are not a lot of consequences, essentially, if I don't do this time sensitive thing. But the longer I procrastinate it, the more the anxiety seems to build, you know. <laughs> and I have to say that feeling seems to be there so much. Something else my therapist has shared with me when I've shared this experience with him is that our body can give us cues. It's signaling to us that it needs something. And if we don't listen to it, the signals are just going to get louder and louder. And I've seen this a lot with burnout where I think as a society, it's so common for people to get burnt out because they want to ignore all of these signals. They don't want to give in to the blues <laughs> or they feel like they can't, or maybe they have really big consequences. You know, parents, for example, whenever I feel this way, I have so much awe of parents and I feel grateful that I'm not a parent because I don't know how I would parent on a day like this, to be honest. Now, if I did have a child or children, I know that I could push through it, but it would be so hard. And I, I yeah, every time I have that thought, I'm like, wow, I, parents are absolutely amazing because they must experience this too. And yet they have to keep going for their children. And some people have to keep going for other members of their family, or they have to keep going for other things, other factors. Some people have lives where they cannot stop. And that brings me sadness and awareness that I have the privilege to stop. Like there's a number of things I can procrastinate for weeks or months. And in these moments, I think this awareness helps too to recognize why I procrastinate and why some things never get done. They feel hard. And if I only have the bandwidth to do a few things, it's got to go to those top priorities and a lot of things fall by the wayside. And maybe it's just that collective pressure. It's building. Maybe every Monday feels like this, but it almost gets worse and worse over time because I'm thinking about the stuff I didn't get done last week too. So now all of last week's weight gets piled on. 
and it feels like this never ending stacking. And yet there's part of me deep down that does see an end in sight. There's part of me that does have that hope. And I feel grateful for that. Any, any glimmer of hope is such a beautiful thing when we're going through tough times. If I didn't have that hope, I would probably be in a really dangerous place with my mental health. These are, this is really the reason I'm very committed to therapy. And I'm experimenting with medication. My, my psychiatrist said the reason she recommended me doing the cell study wasn't just to see the short-term impacts and, and how something like trazodone might be beneficial for me. And I can decide then, do I want to keep taking it? But she also said it's helpful to do an experiment like that because if I don't want to take it every day, I can always keep it in my my um, back pocket, essentially, not literally. I was trying to think, what's the opposite of literal? Figurative back pocket that on my tougher mental health days or on my tougher sleep hygiene days, I can t have the trazodone in you know in the in the drawer, the bedside table, or whatever, and I will know how it's going to affect me. Versus if I just kept it there as an emergency, but didn't know how I was going to feel on it, that could be challenging because I would have unexpected symptoms, for example. Um, so, you know, it's twofold. And I think working with medical professionals can be so beneficial to guide us through these times. But also you're talking to a professional as, as a, almost like a, well, I'll just speak for myself. It's helpful for me because they're guiding me and they're growing my awareness. And I also feel like if I ever was in a really low mental place and I didn't have hope, I would want them to know. It's hard to admit when you don't have hope. And I think because what I'm describing can be so relatable, I want to remind you that there are so many forms of support out there. Some of them are free. Many of them are affordable or inexpensive. That doesn't mean that they're going to feel accessible to you, but there is free help. There's all those hotlines, for example, that if you ever come to a moment where you don't feel like you have hope, if you're relating to what I'm describing, it feels never ending and not hopeful. I want to repeat that information about where you can get support. In fact, I'll look it up right now and make sure that this is in the chat because I've never had to call one of those mental health hotlines. If I have had hope, there's a number of them available. One of them is the National Alliance on Mental Illness to Helpline, NAMI, N-A-M-I. It looks like it has a little bit of a time-sensitive timeline, though. So 
Oh, I found an even better resource that has a bunch of different numbers on it for crisis hotline. If you're ever looking for this, the term crisis hotline is a little bit better of a search um, to go through. And they have hotlines for all sorts of specific things. You can text numbers, you can call them. Some of them have chats. I would recommend looking this up if there's a part of you that's feeling like you don't have hope or you might be on that fine line, that thin line. And if it feels too hard to get a therapist, to work with a coach like me, not to say that I have all the answers, certainly not. I'm still working on my training. But the reason that I took the emotional well-being coaching program is because knowing how much I can struggle with life and how much support has helped me, I want to do whatever I can to support others. This is one of the reasons I developed Beyond Measure, the community. That's where I hold group coaching, for example. Sometimes just holding space for people, just, you know, these, these hotlines. I think that's how they're designed. I don't know for sure. But sometimes just knowing you can call or text or message or show up to something and somebody's there for you during these really tough times. I think it's important to have someone who's very trained. And one thing that I'm not super confident in or fully trained on is, for example, suicide prevention. Um, some of the bigger crises I haven't had experience with yet as a coach. So that's why I'm directing you towards some of these other resources. If you feel like you just want to talk to somebody, you know, I will be there for you, even if it's just a starting point. If you need help figuring out what the next steps are, if you need someone as just your first line of defense, I am trained to do that work and I'm committed to becoming more trained in this over time because it's so important. And with all that said, I would say if it feels within your reach, if it's accessible to you, therapy is such a powerful tool that we have as human beings. And if it's something that your insurance covers, if you can get free therapy, if you can get low cost therapy, there's a big difference between someone like me who's a health and wellness coach versus a psychologist or even a psychiatrist, they can help you on a whole nother level, much deeper level. And if I haven't made it clear enough, I'm a big advocate for that. I've learned so much. And I also learn so much through people like you who reach out to me and share what they're going through and can relate to things. And that inspires me to keep talking about these things so openly it's reminding me that I'm not alone, but it's also giving me the inspiration to keep exploring, keep trying to figure out it all out, you know, <laughs> to not get that frustrated because it's like, well, maybe some of this stuff isn't really in my control and maybe my therapist is on to something. Maybe my body is trying to signal that I need to rest. That I need to take a break. Maybe I need a three-day weekend. It sounds absurd. But a lot of our 
schedules are designed around capitalism, sadly. And many of us have been raised to think that we have to work on Mondays, even if we feel awful. And now I'm starting to examine if I'm fully capable of working on Mondays, for example. But that could be an interesting experiment. What if I don't work on Mondays and give myself a three-day weekend? Would I feel Tuesday blues then? <laughs> right? That, that actually, in this moment, is the first time it occurred to me. You know, Is it the transition from a, quote, weekend to a weekday that makes it hard? And if Monday became a weekend, part of the weekend for me, and Tuesday was the weekday, what if like I still had the, the blues then? I might have to take Mondays off in order to figure that out. And then that would give me some helpful information that if I feel the blues on Mondays, maybe no matter what, like something else is going on. So I will continue to uh, ponder all of this, to experiment with all of this. And if you would like to share, there are a few ways to do that. One, as I mentioned, is through Beyond Measure. After I wrap up this episode, I'm going to go and chat in real time with anyone who sticks around. So the current format has been to chat a little bit before I record to chat while I'm recording, like people are writing things in, in the text-based chat as I'm speaking. And then afterwards, we chat again. And that's a really cool way to hear from one another. That's a cool place to reflect on things together. So if, if you're interested and you want to join that, I'd love to have you in there. It's completely free. You know, when I first started Beyond Measure three years ago, I thought, I would eventually have it be a paid membership. And I scrapped that idea because I don't want that to be another, another like fi financial situation where in order to connect with me, with a community, with to get any sort of mental health conversation going, at this period of my life, I, I, I want it to be as accessible as possible. And it's as simple as signing up with your email address and you can come join us and be on measure. You can use, do it on your phone. You can do it in your computer. Um, it's on a platform called Circle that is really beautifully designed. And people come and chat through text, through audio. Some people use video. And we all join up and share whatever you want, the, the great things in our lives and, and the challenging things. We have meetups. In fact, we're about to do our, our first in-person meetup in June 2023, which I'm really excited about. I guess this episode is out in June. So if the timing works out and you want to come meet up with me in Los Angeles with some other uh, Southern California people, would love to have you there. I'd be so thrilled to meet you in person. But if beyond measure, if in-person meetups, if, if virtual gatherings are not for you, the other way you can reach out and share what's going on in your life is through email. Email is really tough for me. And I, I really preface this. Um, it is a wide open thing. Anybody can email me. But I want to be very transparent. It's, it's, it's really challenging for my mental health. I can read every email I get, but responding is extraordinarily hard for me. 
occasionally I work with assistants to help me. Right now I don't have an assistant. Um, and that, that can help a little bit, but even with the support of, of an assistant, I, it's really challenging and I haven't figured it out yet. But beyond measure is, is I guess the closest I've come to figuring out. Cause I would just rather people message with me there and, and come show up in, in person, you know, in, in real time, like right now and, um, chat with me. That feels so much easier. I don't know what it is about email that just feels extraordinarily tough, but I bet you I'm not alone in that either. Regardless, please email me. If I see an email from you and it's time sensitive, it's urgent, that helps actually. That helps me take action faster because I, as, as a certified coach now, feel a big responsibility to anything that's that's time sensitive so if it's that's the case if if you're in a crisis while i might not be the best person for you i will be a person there for you and at the very least i will respond and help direct you towards help i'm i will be there i think that is one of the greatest gifts that we can give each other is just some some place to start so if this is a place that you start by listening to the show Thank you for being here. If this is part of your journey, thank you for being here. Hopefully it's not the end of your journey. <laughs> um, anyways, thank you for listening. Thanks for holding space for me. You just did something beautiful in that, knowing that even if it didn't feel helpful to you, it was helpful to me. And I value your time. So with that said, I'm going to wrap up today. And I will be back on Friday with a special guest and next Monday for a live episode and beyond measure, as well as the recorded episode here on schedule in the podcast player. Hope to see you at one of those and wishing you all the best truly from now until then. Bye for now.